You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name's Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. It's the game preview edition for perhaps the biggest game of the regular season. And it got bigger when a bus took a couple laps around Arrowhead. A lot to talk about Chiefs Raiders on Sunday Night Football. And here to help me do that are my dear pals. First find them on Twitter, at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane, what's good? I mean, I'm doing well. I'm just trying to figure out why everybody's getting all up in arms this week. Like, yeah, I mean, Raiders week used to be fun when they were a relevant football team, but like they haven't done anything since I was like four years old. Like, I don't know why we as Chiefs fans are entertaining this as some kind of rivalry or big game. Like, this is just another stroll in the park on a Sunday evening because, I mean, come on, look at this Raiders team. Craig, you, you got to be with me here. They You were like 36 last time they were good. Yeah, I was. Um, it, it and they weren't even that good then. Um, <laughs> listen, the reason we're up for this is because we very rarely get Andy Reid moments where you can tell that he's pissed off, just a little bit pissed off. Not like a lot of bit pissed off, but a little bit pissed off. And so I know I've seen a lot of people that aren't like super huge football fans or even people who are Chiefs fans that are saying, why are we getting so bent out of shape about this? It's because Andy's a little bit bent out of shape about it. And that just fuels that fire, just that little extra, not only for us, but for the players as well. So it feels like the stakes are just a little bit higher because Andy is making the stakes just a little higher. I kind of feel like we should have a little energy here. I think, you know, look, you are, if you're listening to this, you are fans of the best team in the world with the best player in the world, and you probably need something to make things a little bit more interesting at times. This has certainly done that. This has certainly done that for me, at least. And the Raiders' responses to the questions about it have not made that have not squelched that. I am here to dunk on Jonathan Abram. And to dunk on Derek Carr, I am excited for the opportunity to get my jokes off on the live stream on the Jack Stack Facebook page. By the way, I don't know. If, I don't even know if we've really advertised that outside the stuff with BJ. You can listen to Craig, Maddie, and I on the Jack Stack Facebook page for the live stream watch party with our pals from outside the trenches. We're gonna be hanging out with BJ Kissel and Jeff Allen and special guests. I don't know if they've announced all of them. It's going to be lit. Sorry, random just sidebar there. Anyways, uh, if you hear a Goofy movie reference or two in this show, it's legitimately a Goofy movie reference, just so you know. If it sounds like it might be, it probably is. Let's go ahead and jump to the offensive side of the football for our game preview. We start on offense, and we got to ask this question because there were, there were some problems last time. 
Can the Raiders get home with four rushers this week, Maddie? This is how we started off kind of the game preview the first time around against the Las Vegas Raiders. And guess what? The answer in the game was very clearly yes. It was a big fat yes. Sometimes they got home with only three pass rushers because the Chiefs offensive line quite simply played relatively poorly. Patrick Mahomes was holding onto the football a little too long. Cleveland Farrell had the best game since the national championship game, his second to last year in college. Like, the Raiders' defensive line dominated the matchup with the Chiefs' offensive line. And I don't expect it to happen again. Not because the Chiefs' offensive line is playing super spectacularly well. Not that they've been great this season. But the Raiders' defensive line really is not that good. There's a couple nice players in there, but they don't have any stars. They don't have any studs. I would argue they don't even kind of have a second-tier star in terms of a pass rusher. So... The Chiefs should not be able to allow the Raiders to get home with four. I hope that this game, they're a little bit up for it a little bit more than they were the last time. I think the Raiders simply wanted it a little bit more, and that helped the pass rush get after the Chiefs. But they shouldn't be able to. They should have to blitz to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes on a consistent basis. And if the Chiefs want to win, it's got to be the exact opposite of the first game. Right now, the Raiders, due to COVID, have a defensive line of Max Crosby, Maurice Hurst, Daniel Ross, and Carl Nassib. They have nobody to back them up. That's the entire defensive line rotation. I think we're all kind of expecting that the Raiders are going to get some negative tests. Some of these guys are going to get back in the fold, but Cleveland Farrell is not going to be active this week per some of the the Las Vegas writers here saying that he's not going to be there. That's a big deal. Arden Key has had a couple good games recently. He's looked pretty good. We know that Maurice Hurst is a good football player. They got a few guys on this roster that can get after the passer, but frankly, they're not good enough to get there on the regular basis that we saw in this first matchup. I expect, even with a depleted offensive line, that this is a situation where the Chiefs do have a little bit of advantage because They've got better athletes. They got a little bit better scheme. I think Andy's going to bring out a little more protection for Mahomes. And we heard Mahomes saying that he needs to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker. I think we're just going to see a little bit different shift in philosophy. Kent, do you see eye to eye with me on this one? Yeah, I I do think you know, I I think some of this is going to fall in Mahomes. I, I the same way the same way last time around, it fell on Mahomes a little bit. If he's patient. If he takes what the defense is get giving him, if he doesn't get out of the pocket too early and try to create, um, I think and honestly, I think some of his escape tendencies, I think I think the Raiders picked up on some of them because some of like some of the transitions from some of the defensive ends after going getting depth on the on, uh, off the edge, they were real quick and prepared to step up uh, with Mahomes because they kind of knew they had idea of, on his tendencies to escape. I think it's a little bit on Mahomes too. I think they've got to really, um, I think he's got to he's got to share some some responsibility in making sure that you know he's when he's got a clean pocket, he's hanging in there. Uh, so I think some of this getting home with four is gonna fall on Mahomes one hundred percent. And honestly, the the game last time around, this team scored thirty two points, and they probably could have scored fifty two. Like they were beating themselves, and I think that's where we we go next. This football team has got to play mistake free football. 
And if they do that, they're going to beat the brakes off of the Raiders. I think anyone that watched that first game as a Chiefs fan remembers there was a couple holding penalties that called back some scores. You have Jonathan Abram blatantly tackling Tyree Kill downfield when he got toasted on a deep pass. So little things like that, like you clean that up, the holding penalties you can control a little bit if you're the Chiefs, you know, the other stuff you can't, but you clean up some of these holds, you clean up Patrick Mahomes did have some pretty terrible accuracy in that game, like he had some issues, especially in the second half where his ball placement was, you clean up the penalties, you clean up the ball placement, you play football the way you know this team can play football, and they score a lot more points this last game that they played against the Raiders, I would expect them to do it again now. I also would expect them in the second half to have a lot more adjustments. I think they're coming off a of bye week here. Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, these guys are going to be trying to get everything going. When you're going to get this extra week of practice to drill this stuff in, I do think you're going to see a Chiefs offense that is playing at its best. They're going to be on their P's and Q's. They're going to be ready to go going forward into this one. Yeah, and they're uh, again uh, a secondary that's currently depleted by COVID. You know, uh, guys like uh, Amik Robertson are going to end up playing big snaps. Trayvon Mullen, Damon Arnett, guys. If the Chiefs have their full complement of wide receivers, if Sammy Watkins is able to go, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, I think we're under the impression that McCole Hardman may not be. In, you know, able to come back this week, but still getting Sammy Watkins back will will help with a lot of that. That's a group that should, uh, frankly, stand out against this cornerback room that just can't hang with guys like this. I mean, they're they're too good, they're too fast. Patrick Mahomes has a vendetta against it. I expect that they're going to come out, they're going to be clicking on all cylinders, and they're going to be able to hit a lot of these guys wide open, be able to stretch the field, be able to create space for each other. I just think we're going to see a much better executing offense, and that is dangerous against the Raiders here because they had trouble defeating the Chiefs last time when the Chiefs weren't executing particularly well. This is going to be a big scoring output for the Chiefs offense. You're going to hear me say this a lot coming out of the bye week, and I genuinely believe it. The only team that can slow down this offense is the Chiefs. It's if they execute at the ability that they have that they have, they're 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 not going to be stopped. Patrick Mahomes has the perfect cast around him. And this group when firing on all cylinders cannot be stopped by anybody in the National Football League. I think you're going to see a focused group. They're going to take this. It kind of sounds like the Chiefs didn't take it seriously. If you read, read between the lines, they didn't take it seriously enough. If you read between the lines on what some of the quotes this week were, that's not happening. Not this week. All right, final subject on the offensive side of the football. The Chiefs, they got to get their running backs going, uh, especially in the passing game, Craig. But, yeah, they got to get their running backs going. They do. They've not run the ball particularly well the past couple of weeks. The Chiefs have Le'Veon Bell and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire that both need to get going again. I'm not worried about them necessarily, but, I mean, this is a game that is a prime chance for them to get going. The Raiders should probably be playing a little bit deeper, especially if they have to miss any kind of guys in the secondary to try and help protect against the Chiefs' weapons. That's going to open everything up underneath. That's going to make it a lot easier for the Chiefs' running backs to do it. Now, today it came out that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Daryl Williams were, you know, they, they have an illness. 
after day, today, you hope that they're going to be able to come out and, you know, feel a little better, get into the rhythm a little bit more, and be able to roll. But I, you just really, th- this is a prime time against a bad Raiders team to come out and really put it to the defense with your running backs. That's why you drafted Clyde Edwards Hilaire. That's why you went out and got Le'Veon Bell. Now is the time to beat up on a bad linebacking core, bad secondary, and a depleted defensive line, and just really put your stamp and show the rest of the league in prime time what you can do on the ground as well. And it's not just running the football. I mean, it's been two weeks since the Chiefs have run the football well, but that's not the only way to get the running backs involved, the passing game. Like this year, it seems like the Chiefs have had a harder time trying to get their running backs involved in the passing game. They've essentially only been utilized on kind of gimmicky plays or is last second checkdowns. That's not something they've always done. Now, Clyde Edwards-Dealers had a couple long passes where he was actually out and a route called back via penalty, but they're not doing it consistently enough. And maybe this is the week this comes back. Maybe it's not. I think this is just a time against this Raiders team that has the linebackers they do. Yeah, Corey Littleton is pretty athletic, but you're going to see him on Travis Kelsey a lot. That's going to leave Nick Kowski, whose name I cannot pronounce to save my life, on one, of, on one of our running backs, which hopefully Clyde Hilaire is able to go. If not, Le'Veon Bell is going to be out there. But that's a mismatch that you have to be able to exploit. You have to be able to force him into coverage against these better athletes put him in space, force him into making tackles. And that's just something the Chiefs haven't got into yet. So hopefully coming out of the bye week, this is part of Andy Reid's offense that he's just been saving to get going down the stretch. When the Chiefs have late, um, you know, late bye weeks, it does seem like they've been pretty good about getting, you know, some stuff out after the bye. It does seem like that's about the time he really kind of starts ramping things up. You start getting some more looks um, some things that they haven't put on tape yet because Andy wants to put as much on tape as possible for the playoffs. You know, that's part of this game is trying to, you know, there's a slow build, there's a slow reveal, and you're just showing as little as you think you need to win a football game so that you have more available when you need it the most. Uh, I think the running back passing game is an area that this team has really not shown much, and I think there's a lot more there. Um, obviously, they need to run the football. They need to have more success running the football, and you know that that, that that's inarguable. But they got to be more dynamic in the passing game out of the backfield, and it's got to start this week. It's got to start sooner rather than later. Also, I'm gonna be very discouraged about why the Chiefs drafted Clyde Edwards-Helaire in the first round. Frankly, players to watch. What you got, Craig? My guy is nobody else but you, Eric Fisher. I expect Eric Fisher to finish this season ridiculously strong. We saw him grow throughout the course of the year last year, coming off of this COVID list with a little bit of, you know, a little bit swirling around him about the Chiefs tackles in general not being particularly good. And against the Raiders, Clellan Farrell was able to really dominate him in a big, bad way, in a way that we hadn't seen since the Super Bowl last year. I think we're going to see a a fired up version of Eric Fisher. We're going to see this this meaner streak Eric Fisher. I think it starts this week. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to feel a little more comfortable, a little more time in the pocket. Eric Fisher is going to step up going from here to the end of the year because frankly he needs to and the Chiefs have probably been letting him know that he needs to as well. 
Speaking of a player that, you know, is going to need a fire lit underneath him, a guy that maybe isn't always giving 110% or isn't physically able to give 110%, the Chiefs are getting the Lizard King himself, Sammy Watkins, back. And if there was ever a game that would make a ton of sense to get that top-level Sammy Watkins Super Bowl playoff Sammy Watkins, it's this week versus the Raiders. It's the team that they lost to earlier in the season. The Chiefs' offense has been humming along these last couple weeks without him. You've seen wide receivers from Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, and McCole Hardman all make plays in his absence. Watkins is going to want to come back out and prove that he is better than those guys. He talked this offseason about how he's no longer the second option of this receiver group, that he wants to prove he can be the guy. He's done taking a back seat. And while he still kind of did to start the year, it was evident when they lost him that Chiefs had to work around not having him on the field anymore. I do expect him to come out of this bye week, coming off the injury list here, come out and have a pretty big game, have a pretty substantial role. I do think he's a guy that is going to be ready to go out there and prove that he's better than Hardman, Robinson, and Pringle, and it makes a difference. It does not seem like we're going to get Mitchell Schwartz this week, and his replacement, Mike Remmers, needs to have a good performance. Um, You know, the Raiders, they got a guy, you know, Max Goof, I mean Crosby, um, he does some stuff off the edge. Uh, he, he's had some production in, the, in a short amount of time, and, and Mike Rimmers really needs to hold him down um, because there are going to be – I mean, he's going to line up over him. He's lined up over the right side a lot against the Chiefs, it seems like. He spun out of a of a high rush um, and got a sack against Mahomes, who was trying to bail out, kind of like what I was talking about earlier. He was real. He was ready. to. to he was taking it high, then spinning it out quick. Uh, it was pretty it was anticipatory, I think, by him. Mike Rivers has to do a good job this week. Uh, the offensive line needs to do a good job this week. They're only getting four, but I'm watching Remmers, uh because, I mean, we I, no one knows what's going on with Mitchell Schwartz. No one knows, like, exactly when he's going to be back. There's not really a lot of clarity on that situation. Not great when your stud right tackle continues to miss time. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with the defensive side of the football right after this. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. All right, game preview edition of the AP Laboratory. Time to talk about the defense. And I think the where we got to start, Craig, can you stop the run without loading the box against the Raiders, Spags? I mean, that's the billion-dollar question because the Chiefs tried to load the box against the Raiders the last time that they played, and frankly, it didn't work out well. Now, part of that was... a a level of communication and effort in the secondary that we really haven't seen outside of that game for uh, maybe since the Titans game last year. But you still wonder if the threat of Darren Waller and Henry Ruggs are going to make them play 
two deep safeties more often, which is going to take that extra defender out of the box. With the Raiders' offensive line, which is a good offensive line still, that gives guys like you know Devontae Booker and Josh Jacobs a lot of open road to be able to hit and run into the secondary against a lot of these safeties and linebackers. You've got to win up front. Frank Clark, we know, we've talked about him. He's been good against the run. They have to really dominate at that other defensive end position. I expect we're going to see maybe a little bit more of that naughty Pinnell in the middle nickel look. You know, try and shore things up on the inside and give Chris Jones a rest so that he can tee off as a dime rusher where he's going to be more important. And we'll get to that in a second. I just think that the linebackers have to play really well. Anthony Hitchens has to play really well. And we need to see the defensive line win up front because if they can do a little bit better job up front, the Chiefs will be able to keep a lid on everything. And that's just going to make everything across the board easier. I don't expect it, but I'm really hoping for it. Their last three games, the Raiders have ran the ball for 209, 160, and 203 yards and had over four and a half yards per carry in every single one of those games. Their rushing attack, despite whatever offensive line issues they may be dealing with with injuries or guys being on the COVID list, I do believe that Trent Brown is still unavailable and not playing, and that hasn't mattered. They're running the ball exceptionally well right now. That offensive line is big. They are strong. They are powerful. Josh Jacobs, Devontae Booker behind them are running really well. The Chiefs are going to have to stop the run. I mean, like You can expect your offense to outscore the Raiders. You have Patrick Mahomes. That is completely a logical thing to do. But the way the Raiders are running the football right now, they are one of the few teams that can run the ball well enough to keep pace and control the clock. And I know a lot of Chiefs fans don't like to hear that as a reason to lose. But if you give up 6.2 yards per carry to a team running the football... They're going to hold the ball for 35, 38 minutes and score a lot of points. The Chiefs will have to figure out how to stop this rushing attack. I'm with Craig. I don't think that you can load the box unless you're willing to dare Derek Carr to beat you over the top again. You're going to have to do it without having packing extra guys into the box. Putting that little bit heavier defensive line in there with two more nose tackles might be the play. Getting your base down defense out there a little bit more often with Willie Gay, Anthony Hitchens, Damian Wilson. That might have to be the move. You might have to sacrifice some pass rush to stop this rushing attack early on at least just because you can't let them get rolling at the clip they have been lately. If they load the box, can the back end just play with some eye discipline, Mm. please? And some effort, please? You know who I'm talking about. I think his name's coming up later. Uh, I, I think it's paramount that this team makes Derek Carr uncomfortable. Uh, I think that's got to be a big big piece of this, Craig. Yeah, that's definitely the case. You know, as we've talked about many times since that Raiders game, Steve Spagnuolo came out and said, you're not going to beat us throwing short. We're going to dare you to throw deep. And, you know, Derek Carr didn't play possum and threw deep. And so you saw... Big explosive plays out of the Raiders' defense and a level of comfort back there behind that good offensive line that, frankly, he shouldn't have had for as much time as he had to throw. That's It wasn't okay. Like They they said, we're going to bring heat. We're going to bring our pass rush. You got to hold on to the ball longer and beat us deep. That didn't happen. They didn't get home at 
all against Derek Carr. This is a time for Chris Jones to step up. This is a time for Frank Clark to step up. They, they've got to be able to pressure Derek Carr because we know exactly what happens to Derek Carr when he's pressured. He turtles. He starts throwing wild passes. He just basically lofts it into the secondary, and all of a sudden, you got a bunch of turnovers. Derek Carr plays like crap. You can't allow him to sit back behind a good offensive line and pick out these weapons. The weapons are too good now. You can't allow him to have those that amount of time because he'll hit them, even if it's a 10-yard pass. Guys like Henry Ruggs, guys like Darren Waller will be able to take it the distance, pick up big, big plays, chunk plays. Derek Carr, if he's a little bit rattled, just completely turns into a pumpkin, turns into a completely different player. Get to him, make him uncomfortable early, and make sure you let him know because the trash talk works on him too. He gets really in his feels. The Raiders averaged four yards more net yards per pass attempt against the Chiefs than they have as their season average. Three more yards than Derek Carr's second highest game in terms of his net yards per average was against the Chiefs. In essence, they threw the ball significantly better against the Chiefs, and the main reason was Derek Carr was comfortable. You could see it. Even the few times he was pressured, he didn't care because he was used to not being pressured. There's a clip out there, I believe it's on Ruggs' touchdown, the long one, where he's getting hit as he throws the ball, and he has no problem standing in there and making that throw because he's been so comfortable in that exact spot of the pocket all game long. The point isn't just sacking Derek Carr or getting pressure on That obviously helps, but you have to get there consistently and early on and make him know that that's the kind of game that's coming. And then like Craig said, you get the turtling up Derek Carr. You get the Derek Carr that's checking down within the first second and a half of the play. That's what the Chiefs have done to him consistently throughout his career for the Raiders. This is the first time I remember them not being able to do that. And it coincided perfectly with Derek Carr finally feeling comfortable enough to take shots downfield. And it made the Chiefs pay. They haven't done it since, though. The Raiders have not had that level of vertical passing attack since that first game. I do think the Chiefs need to turn up a little bit more pressure. But I think we're going to get into the secondary in a little bit. You just can't let Derek Carr feel comfortable. You can't let them throw vertically. Challenge them to do so again. I really do think if you can get pressure and challenge Derek Carr to throw deep, that's where you're going to have the winning formula, just like every team that's beaten the Raiders in recent memory. And we've talked about this group up front with the running game here a little bit early. You know, this is a power line. Uh, they're known for what they've been able to do running the football, but they had no problem protecting protecting David, Derek Carr last week or last time these two teams played. Uh, and it was ultimately, I mean, I obviously the, the bust downfield were egregious. But if they had just been able to apply a little bit, make make him just a, a little bit uncomfortable, the out, outcome of that game, despite how bad that team, how bad the Chiefs played that week, all that, just a little bit more uncomfortable, that game's different. If you saw, I do think there was a, a stretch late in the game where Derek Carr looked a little bit uncomfortable, and guess what happened? He looked like the Derek Carr we're used to. There was like. There's like a couple instances. It wasn't very many late, but there was like two or three instances late in the game where it was like, oh, hey, I know who you are. You're not the guy that your brother tried to vote as an MVP. Like that's not the version of that's not the version that's gonna get that MVP nod from his from his brother. Actually, I honestly probably still would. Like let's just be those guys. David is just blind. But I I think I think the priority's got to be speeding him up. And I, the offense has to put pressure on the Raiders. The offense has to get out there, score points, and put pressure, pressure on them. 
And then the Chiefs got to make Derek Carr uncomfortable. I know stop the run, all that stuff, control the, control the ball, all that good stuff. If they can get to Derek Carr, if they can affect Derek Carr and get the pressure on him, they're going to win the football game. Uh, the secondary, Maddie, could be kind of an adventure for that group. Uh, it'd be curious to see who's getting some playing time this week for them. Well, we kind of talked about it there at the top of this defensive segment. I think you do have to focus on stopping the run a little bit if you're the Chiefs. And if that's the case, don't be surprised to see Daniel Sorensen be the starting safety next to Tyron Matthew and not Juan Thornhill. The Chiefs have been doing that these their last few games, but this game, even more so than the rest, makes a lot of sense. You're putting out your better, slightly better run defender in Sorensen over Juan Thornhill. You're putting him on the field and base just because in case he has to step up into the box, in case he has to come downhill and help with run fits, Sorensen's a little bit bigger body. He's a guy that does play a little bit more physical than the rest of the safety. So I would not be surprised to see him start out. After that, you're going to get Juan Thornhill's going to come in in the nickel, the buffalo, whatever you want to call it. He'll resume the majority of their deep safety roles. I think this year, besides the Raiders game probably, the Chiefs have played a lot more two high looks than maybe they did last year. There's been a lot of two safeties deep. Thornhill will be one. Sorensen's been one a lot. So is Tyron Matthew. You might see that again against this Raiders team because if they're afraid of Derek Carr being them deep, you are going to see two guys playing on the back end. But yeah, I think the big thing to look out for is just Sorensen. What kind of impact can he make? Because we know the linebackers don't have a ton of speed. We know that they can't really cover sideline to sideline. So can Sorensen come in and make his presence felt as a run defender and not just kind of as an opportunistic pass defender in coverage? Yeah, I mean, we love Juan Thornhill. I mean, this is obviously a very pro-Juan Thornhill podcast, but uh, it does seem that there was kind of a, a junction in the road there for the Chiefs' defense a couple weeks ago with a Daniel Sorensen coming in against some quicker-passing, run-heavy teams. And the Chiefs have won those two games. I wouldn't say the Chiefs' defenses look particularly great against it, but I would expect the same, like I said a couple weeks ago, against this Raiders team. We'll see what it's going forward there. On the outside is where I'm really looking. I'm looking to see. I, I, I think we're going to see Charvarius Ward at one of the starting spots. They gave him a presser spot this week. I don't think that they do that for a guy that they necessarily thought they were going to demote. We'll see what happens with Bashad Breeland. We know that Tyron Matthew gets those nickel snaps. He's the slot defender. And so when, you know, when it gets into that Buffalo, they'll bring Juan Thornhill in deep. When they get into the dime, that's typically when they bring in that third cornerback. That's been Rashad Fenton so far. Does Bashad Breeland start on the outside and then kick inside a, a position that he's played before, that he's been comfortable in, and Legereus Need comes in and only the dime, only on the boundary, just to kind of ease him in. Steve Spagnuolo talked about his workload and maybe not rushing him back this week. I'm just curious to see how that works because if the Raiders can stay in 12 personnel, they can force the Chiefs into more of their base defense, their nickel defense, and that would leave guys like Legereus Sneed on the sidelines and you know allow a guy like Henry Ruggs that has that elite speed to go up against some slower Chiefs corners. That's going to force a lot more too deep safety looks again. So it's just kind of a whole cascading thing there. 100%. Uh, the Legereus C storyline is something I'm – very closely monitoring. That's what I'm extremely fascinated to see. Players to watch. Craig, what you got? My guy's Charvarius Ward. Charvarius Ward was the whipping boy the last time these two teams met, so much so that Steve Spagnuolo, after he played 100% of the first half snaps, said, son, t 
take a seat to start the second half. Now, he did rotate in a little bit more. They had a definite rotation at the cornerback position, but he was the weak link in that Chiefs secondary in that first matchup. They put him on the podium this week. He talked about how he was working through his his slump a little bit. He said that he's no longer in his slump, and then at the end, he kind of said that he was in a little bit of a mental slump. We need the best version of Charvarius Ward. Like I said earlier in the mailbag this week, I think we're going to see a locked-in version. He's a high-effort player outside of that Oakland game, Las Vegas game earlier. I think that you are going to get a good version of Charvarius Ward. He wants to own up. He wants to play. He wants to be locked in. I think that we're going to need him to play at his best to really shut this game down early. And I do think that he's the guy that is the linchpin that the Raiders are going to go out again. If he can start off strong, then the Chiefs can build the lead and then we'll cascade and see how it goes downhill from there. The guy I'm keeping my eye on is going to be Willie Gay. I think the Raiders, there's two reasons here. The first is the Raiders are a team, they're not afraid to play a little bit heavy personality. They get Jason Witten, they get Foster Moreau involved in the in the game as well, as long as Darren Waller. They put Alec Ingold out there. Like They don't mind going heavy. They don't mind trying to cram the ball down your throat. For that reason, I'm hoping Willie Gay gets a few more reps than he does in some of the other matchups. Get him on the field. The last time we saw a good substantial amount of him was against the Denver Broncos. He showed why he doesn't play full-time right now, but he also showed the ability to make some plays that other guys can't. He showed against the Panthers, again, a very good job making some run fits, being able to take on blocks at the line of scrimmage, playing aggressive. This is the kind of game when you do need to stop the run without putting seven, eight guys in the box. You're going to need someone like Willie Gay, I think, that can come in and really make an aggressive difference. And the next reason is, coming off the bye week, do we maybe see him get a few more reps? Does he play in the nickel? Does Ben Neiman finally start losing snaps to maybe not Willie Gay, but somebody else? It's just, it's a small storyline that I'm just interested to see if we're going to start seeing a little bit of a change, see a little bit more Willie Gay, because it's evident the Chiefs do need a playmaker on that second level, and he's the only guy that can possibly provide that. Mine's Chris Jones, because we keep talking about trying to pressure the quarterback, and the best place to do it for Derek Carr specifically is in the middle of the field. And if you can if you can affect Derek Carr in the middle of the pocket, good things are going to happen. Um, the Chiefs need Chris Jones to go out and do what he's capable of doing as a pass rusher. Um, and if that happens, Derek Carr will be a mess on prime time, and it will be absolutely delicious. Predictions. What you got, Craig? Speaking of a mess in prime time, the Chiefs are about to dominate the Raiders this weekend. It will not be close. This team is fired up. Andy Reid is saying the things that he's saying because his players are saying it in the locker room. We've seen that before. Reference the D Ford incident. Andy Reid doesn't hate D Ford, but Andy Reid is out here saying things because he knows that his players are going to lock in. They're going to play with a little bit more of a competitive advantage. He's been around this league a long time. He knows how to get guys up for games and be at their maximum. That's exactly what this is. You are going to see the best version of this Chiefs team. I don't think it's close. I think the Chiefs are going to come out. They're going to put it on the Raiders early. And all these points the Raiders are going to score are going to be late. And John Gruden's going to wear his mask like a goofy dude on the sidelines with a half cover in his mouth. I mean, Chiefs are going to win 42-17. to 17. Woo. So 
In the recent memory, I think the Chiefs and Raiders relationship has been something like, a, I guess, like a father and a son. You know, the Raiders are trying to grow up. They're trying to become relevant. And, you know, the dad's kind of teaching them, you know, this is how you do stuff, son. This is how you become a man. This is how you progress through life because you're clearly struggling. You need the help. You need me to guide you. And after a while, you know, before you know it, your kid's in a gang, stealing stuff, causing riots hijacking buses to drive around town. And when that happens, I mean, as the father to the Raiders, the Chiefs need to put them in their place. And I think Andy Reid's made that very clear. And that's exactly what the Chiefs are about to do. The Chiefs are going to win this one 38-17. And if that score sounds familiar, that's the exact same score I predicted the first time around, which we know went incredibly well. So we're getting redemption here, just like the Chiefs will Sunday night. Let me be clear about this. I'm going to try to make myself extremely clear, even if I have to shout it out loud. There is no AP Laboratory blowout curse. And it will be evidenced by the Chiefs shellacking John Gruden and the bus-driving Oakland Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, on national television, 1738, your world defending world champion, Kansas City Chiefs, flex out of the bye week, put a whooping on the Raiders in their new vacation home in Vegas. That's going to do it. We'll catch you later. Can't spell run it back without Ruback.